Hi, and welcome to Math and Musings. I'm Mike O'Connell, creator of Math and Musings, and your host. Stay tuned for 15 minutes of science, politics, news, and opinion. In other words, Math and Musings. Today's date is Friday, April 28th, 2023. This is Season 3, Episode 17 of our show. This is usually where I put in something amusing about like 317. Of course, when you see 317, you think St. Patrick's Day. More on St. Patrick's in a minute, but it's not what you think. First, I must say, this is going back to last week. And by the way, the, we're jam-packed today. We have we have so much content today. I better get started on this immediately. A lot of today is going to be following a, a few themes. One is, well, this harkens back to last week. And then the other is, well, my researchers sort of dropped the ball on this one, um, my, my research department. So a- anyway, last week, of course, it was season three, episode 16. And I said, hey, remember those signs people used to hold up at sporting events and they'd say John 316, like the Bible verse? Well, you, you know, you don't see those anymore. But when I see 316, because I grew up in the 20th century, that's what I think. And specifically, I grew up watching sports before 1992. That's important to the story because it was pointed out to me like, hey, Mike, you know that there is a reason why you don't see those signs as much anymore. Or if anyone does, it's like, Psst, hey, did you know about that one guy? So here's the story there. So the, the OG on uh, putting up those signs was a man named, I don't know if it's Roland or Rollin Stewart. His name is Rockin' Roland. And uh, he was a guy, yeah, he, I vaguely remember this. He had like a rainbow wig, like pretty pretty unmistakable. He's holding the crowd, and he's always like, the, the way um, Marlins man and other super fans is like always right behind the, the action, like sitting behind home plate or sitting courtside, right? And... Um, well, th- this guy was, you know, super fan. He's holding up the the sign, the John three sixteen, where you know, pr- promoting religion of some variety or another. And uh, he had some copycats too, I guess, because he wasn't the only one putting up these signs. Now, it's all kind of stopped after nineteen ninety two, because uh, old uh, old Roland here had had some problems. I'm not going to try to uh, diagnose what he had going on, but it was it was more than just a love of religion. And in 1992, there was an incident of him, and he got into a standoff with police. He held somebody hostage. He, he threatened to shoot down planes. He's serving three consecutive life sentences uh, right now. So I didn't realize that last week. Like, oh, maybe that's that's why. And and anytime you see someone referencing that Bible verse, it's like, well, you know, there's there's this one incident. But anyway all woven into the tapestry of sports and interesting things to talk about. Now, uh, speaking of interesting things, we have something to celebrate today. Never mind that it's 3.17. If you look at the total, this is episode number 100 of Math Amusings. That's right. We're 100 episodes in. So congratulations, Mike. Very good. Now, what are you going to do to celebrate? Uh, I'm going to Binghamton. Yeah, actually, I did go to Binghamton. I'm talking about my Binghamton trip from last week. I did say I was I was going to be in uh, the old country uh, when this episode aired last week. 
And a little bit fitting because so many of my other uh, celebratory and milestone episodes, like the TV show, were always filmed in Binghamton. And I usually did my my birthday episode, or, or I guess probably a few milestone episodes, were filmed on the bench, the famous bench at, at Recreation Park. If you've seen those episodes of, of Politics After Dark. And I was at Recreation Park this past weekend. And my wife and son were there with me and my son and I, like we had brought our gloves and we tossed the baseball around at the park, saw the statue, the famous statue, the statue at Rec Park, which I probably have mentioned this before. I, I know it's 100 years old because the date on it is 1923. Because my grandfather, when we'd go by the statue, would always say, hey, you know, I was born in 1923. By the way, Robert E. Gallagher will... Uh, be turning, or you know, he would turn a hundred years old this July. I'll mention that again uh, when it gets a little bit closer. So saw the statue on its hundredth anniversary, and then noted that the fountain, which is another uh, famous landmark there, if you will. Um, by the way, that that park rife with uh, Pokemon Go stops. That's what we're doing these days. The fountain, I actually didn't realize it. It predates the statue. That the fountain is nineteen twenty-two. So that one's 101 years old. Now, Recreation Park on the west side of Binghamton, where I spent so many hours and into days and weeks, I'm sure if you tallied it all up in my childhood, it's one of the few things I still like about the Binghamton area. Mostly things I like about Binghamton, well, they're not things. They're, they're people. It's the people that I like, and there's, there's a number of people I still enjoy seeing. Most of them I saw at this poker tournament I went to over the weekend. Yeah, if you're wondering what I was doing at Binghamton, well, among other things, I went to this poker tournament. I take the family to Binghamton only once a year. It's every April. It's for a specific event. It is for the Joseph P. Sullivan Memorial Poker Tournament. Now, I have talked about Joe before, and it seems as though you may be listening to this podcast, even if you never met him, you may feel as though, like, you know who Joe Sullivan is. Like, people that I've known for, you know, only the last 10 or 15 years, like, if I say Joe, they know who I'm talking about. And now, Joe Sullivan was my best friend from childhood, from the, I would say, he's my best friend for all eternity. He was my friend since the Reagan administration. Like, we grew up together, and... Uh, he uh, was killed in a car accident in 2006. He was 23 years old. And, um, well, I've talked about this many times before. There's, like, like, I think about him every day. There is not 15 minutes of my life that goes by that I don't think about Joe and that in- incident. And then I'm upset. There's no other way to say it, that he's not here with us. And um, it's not something that I... I could get over or would ever say that, I, oh, I was over that. I'm over it now. No, just not now, not ever. But there are things that we can do to remember him. And since 2007, following year, his family has put on a poker tournament in his memory, raising money for charity. Now, the, the thing is, Joe playing poker and like our group of friends playing poker, that came on later in our careers. Like that was, you know... We didn't realize it was going to be the end, but but that was, you know, like a 2005 thing. It was the latest thing of making anything an event. 
whether it was you know, we were playing Monopoly or other board games or, you know, goofy contests of, you know, playing miniature golf or things like that. Like, well, let's make it an event. Let's make it a ceremony. Let's give each other goofy prizes, stuff like that. Joe was huge on that. And I'm, I was on it too. And I, I still do it now. And his family is taking it up. So uh, this part isn't goofy. The, the part about holding the tournament, because this is now, the, it was the 15th, not the 15th annual, the 15th, because there were a couple we missed there due to COVID. I've made 13 out of 15. Um, one I missed when my son was literally like being born. And then another time, uh, uh, it was, the scheduling was wrong just for me, but I've this was my 13th. Over the 15 tournaments, Joe's family has raised nearly $100,000 for scholarships, charitable causes, like full stop, almost $100,000. So that's where I was this weekend, and, and this has been a tremendous honor uh, to, to Joe's memory. So I was in Binghamton for that. And then, wait for it, plot twist, again, Harkening back to last week, I had I had mentioned because like you know the tournament Saturday afternoon it's like yeah, it lasts for a few hours and it's like and then what I'm I'm Binghamton for for one more night. I said if you will recall on last week's program that the Binghamton area no longer had a professional hockey team. I ran through the all the incarnations of the. Binghamton uh, hockey teams. 50 years, by the way, 1973 was the Broom Dusters, then the Binghamton Dusters, Binghamton Whalers, Binghamton Rangers, Binghamton Ice or BC Icemen, and the Binghamton Senators, Binghamton Devils. Now, the thing about the Devils was that during COVID, the Binghamton Devils actually played in New Jersey. So they weren't really playing in Binghamton, and then they didn't renew the contract with Binghamton at, at the end of that. So Binghamton was out its AHL team. So when I said they didn't have a hockey team, well, that's not exactly true, and this was pointed out to me by more than one person, that uh, I, it's not as though I misspoke. I was just, like, misinformed. I, I didn't know. Again, my research is dropping the ball. That I didn't, uh, didn't have that accurate. That, well, they, they do have a team, they have a team from the Federal Prospects Hockey League. Yep, I had to look that one up. Federal Prospects Hockey League. It's called the Binghamton Black Bears. Now, if you look up the uh, you know the Dusters, the Whalers, Rangers, Icemen on on Wikipedia, like it it mentions um, subsequent Binghamton professional hockey teams. Like if you look up the Dusters, it mentions that well the area was later served by the Whalers, Rangers, the Icemen, but, and Senators, and, but it doesn't mention the Black Bears. Oh, excuse me. It didn't mention the Black Bears. That's why I was thrown off. That Wikipedia page, actually several Wikipedia pages, did not mention the Binghamton Black Bears. But now it does, 
Now all of them do, actually, because uh, yours truly doing the edits on those. I'm always super careful when editing Wikipedia because the thing is, the the common phrase is like, oh, it's so easy to edit articles on Wikipedia. No, it's not. Put something false in Wikipedia. Someone will catch it within like 30 minutes. So I was very precise about this, linking the Binghamton Black Bears page and the Federal Prospects Hockey League, which, yeah, semi-pro. And, you know, for, for all I know, these these guys, they make like, I tried to look it up. I'm sure they keep these things under wraps, like the, the true salaries of these guys. I think couple hundred bucks a week and for all i know they have regular jobs monday through thursday they um, probably don't mention that on the the websites or at least like during the summer these guys probably have regular jobs Uh, the thing i'm really thinking though is like well a lot of these guys are are young you know they're they're not married and you know they don't have families and maybe some of them do but it's like the way i was able to cover all my bills as a musician when i was younger like well yeah of course i can make enough money playing music when i was younger i didn't have a wife a kid or a mortgage like, so that that's the way I look at this. And I mean, the, yeah, it's like low minor league hockey, but hey, they're playing hockey better than I am. And the, the team is good. How do I know? Because I saw them play. That's right. I went from one day not even knowing the team existed to the next night going to the game. They're in the playoffs. I saw one of their playoff games. I saw them close out a series. It was the first... Binghamton hockey playoff series victory since 2011 when the then Binghamton Senators went on to win the Calder Cup. Now it's the Commanders Cup that they're playing for this year. They're now in the semifinals. That uh, that those games are, are this weekend's three game series, and uh, yeah, I went to the arena for the first time in probably 30 years, and I figured, why not? Like, get the Marlins man seats, right? There's another Marlins man reference. I'm sitting second row. I I did have visions of, like, pounding on the glass, but no, second row was the best I could do. Went with the fam to that one, and we saw a straight-up drubbing of the defending champs. Our team won 6-1 to over the Watertown Wolves, the 2022 Commander's Cup champions. Um, Saw some... uh, Saw some goals, saw some fights, <laughs> yeah, and uh, well, like they the guys dropped their gloves every five minutes. Uh, but there was yeah, there was there was one legit fight where there was some penalties assessed, and uh, one guy kind of <laughs> knocked out for a minute, and there was some celebrating and some cheering going on and such. But anyway, it was is very slap shotian. I mentioned that the uh, the precursor to all this, like the early days of the broom dusters, that was. Well, that was like that's basically what Slapshot was, and the league they're playing in now is is that again, 50 years on, 50 years of hockey in Binghamton, 1973 to present, and uh, I've seen most of the teams, and I appreciate that I got to go with my family this time. Like I was the dad in the story this time. That's pretty much the story of my life for the last nine years. But anyway, I'm telling the story of my life 15 minutes at a time, and. Uh, Tune in next week to hear more math, more musings, and in the interim, you can head to mikeoconnelljr.com.